no matter what, I believe if you want to have extreme wealth or even good amount of wealth, you need to be able to buy something you can add value to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to Property Chat with Lockie and Matt, sponsored by our great friends at Real Hub and Campaign Track. And today we've got a really special guest with us, uh, a very good friend of mine, property entrepreneur, David Gray. Dave, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. So, mate, one of the things we really wanted to talk to you about today is a lot of people, they talk about building wealth through property. And it's, especially Australians, we're absolutely fascinated by property. A lot of people have investment properties, but there's a lot of different avenues to building wealth in property. And you've been exposed throughout your career to so many different components of the industry. So I guess, first and foremost, could you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you've done and where you are at the moment? Yeah, sure. So... um uh, David Gray, now living up at Port Macquarie. So it's been quite an exciting journey. So I used to work uh, with the Purtis family for 16 years. Uh, we worked in an area with a lot of ethnic families. So there was a lot of wealth creation through property in the old school way, buy one, buy another yeah. one, yeah. And, then, and then keep going. Um, and then, you know, they sacrificed their lifestyle to sort of get there. Um, mm. One of the biggest things about our industry is that this, as real estate agents, you know, I was always taught it's not what we earn through real estate, it's what we can actually make out of real estate. Yeah. So I've been on that journey. So, yeah, 16 years with them and they were developers. And then uh, I was an auctioneer with Coolies for quite some time with yourself, Lockie. And then we moved up, wanted to uh, change, and then ended up in Port Macquarie, which uh, we're now eight offices, Elders Lifestyle Group. We've got an individual property management company, Port Property Management, which is mm. about 650 managements. And then we just started Ideal, which is finance and insurance. So I've always believed that real estate needs to be a one-stop shop. Uh, we manage people's properties and we do for 10 years. And sometimes if everything's going well, we mightn't even speak to that owner. You know, for two, three years, if they're paying the rent, everything's going well. Yeah. And if we do speak to them, it's usually when something goes wrong. Um, people pay so much money for data now and we've got it right in front of us. So mm. now we're looking to build wealth creation with them. We've got a concierge service and really looking to build our relationship with them and grow with our clients. So you're looking to sort of get in touch with, well, not necessarily get in touch, but really work with them and build that relationship to help them build that wealth. Exactly. So yeah. we call it a health check. So you're actually building wealth by two things. So either mm. saving money, so we look at their insurance or their finance, or wealth creation actually adding. And then we're looking at a lot of our clients have got older style properties where we're going in there and doing feasibilities for them, possibly JVs or helping them buy another property. Okay. So in terms of, like, let's say you just... A mum and dad, you're starting out, you've made the decision that really I, I want to, I see this as a vehicle that I want to build wealth in. Yep. Um, where would you go? Where do you start from there? What advice would you have to somebody in that position? So our motto is start with the end in mind. So mm. work out where you want to get to. Mm. All right. So if you're a 40 year old, you've got two kids, uh, whether it's 55 or 60, what, what does the end look like? And then you can work backwards. Now, if you've got a, modi a modest goal, well, then you can go quite slowly and quite safely. Mm. But if you've got aggressive goals, well, then obviously you need to invest to that, that method. So if you're looking to build extreme wealth, well, then you need to look at taking more risks. So we work with clients and look at their, uh, their risk profile, but you have to start with the end in mind. What's the equity goal? What's your income goal? And then work with them. Okay. And just from my point of view, I'd be really curious to see how that's been received within the properties that you do have under management. I'm sure for a lot of like a lot of clients that are you know have investment properties and they're managed that you're right, they get set and forget. But I think getting that constant service and people ringing you saying, well, you know, this is the equity that we've built up. This is the properties we can expose you to that we think have good capital growth. Has it been received really well? It's a change of relationship, yeah. Mm. So I think at first, whenever you're having those conversations, there is hesitation. So we've yeah. only just started that. Yep. It is quite exciting where we're going. Yeah. 
Um, but it's going to take some time because I think there's no one really doing that. So uh, it will be good, but yeah. it's going to take some time to actually build up that trust and not just look like we're trying to, you know, make another dollar, yeah. but we're actually looking to add value. So for yeah. me, it's a purpose piece as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it'll be a bit of a process. It's going to be a long process, I believe, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. So I guess from the things that you've learnt over the years, what would you say are some of the key things that, or key takeaways, maybe even mistakes that you've learnt from over the years in what you've done um, that you're able to advise people now about? Yeah, made heaps of mistakes. <laughs> um, I think one of the things is, I always say you need to add value. Yeah. All right? So no matter what you're buying, you either need to buy at a discount, which is hard to do, or you need to buy, buy something you can add value. So it's something that you can either renovate with, or it's possibly an off-plan property that's got some mm. time to appreciate, possibly subdivide. But no matter what, I believe if you want to have extreme wealth or even good amount of wealth, you need to be able to buy something you can add value to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people out there probably think they're not in a position to be able to build extreme wealth in terms of they might, you know, look at a development like such as where we are today, you know, gorgeous building and go, well, I couldn't possibly do something like that. But the reality is there are certainly avenues that people can take. Um, you know, what would somebody do in terms of wanting to go down that line? Is there, would you suggest that maybe they um, look at a smaller development or is it something where they would get, get together a, a group of friends? How would you go about that if you were someone wanting to get into that space? Yeah, look, I think the first thing is to look at who my mentors were. So there are a lot of ethnic families that came here. A lot of them didn't even speak English. Mm. And they've got 10, 20, 30. I had one client with 100 properties. So the thing is, it's just one small step, yeah? yeah. And the problem is we think, oh, we can never get there, but we don't even do one. So yeah. uh, I talk about mindset. You know, it's a strong mindset. I think anyone can do it. It's just about building the base. So I think before you do a development or before you do a duplex, I always say build a base. So a lot of that, my clients, I talk about building a $2 million base. So a $2 million base over a period of time, depending on your risk profile and your income. Now, once you've got that base, mm. then we look to start doing other commercial for income or then start to do small developments. Yeah. What, was, what was your first development? Yeah, so the first development was at um, Fitzgerald Avenue. Yeah. So it was for three townhouses. I sort of picked the market because I was watching it sort of move through the east. Yeah. So Randwick was going crazy, Maroubra hadn't. Uh, and then in Randwick, we're seeing like in Kensington, some smaller one bedrooms getting built. So I saw the market. Uh, a lot of our competitors didn't feel that they could sell small one bedrooms in Maroubra. So we had DA for three townhouses. We ended up putting nine one bedrooms, bought it wow. for a mill. Before we even started, it was value about 1.9. So that was, you know, there was a bit yeah. of luck there. The market had moved, but it was educated. Like I'd watched yeah. the market move. And then, you know, I got out of the development market in Sydney probably two years ago, two to three years ago. So I also mm. picked it. So I, you I wouldn't have done what I've done or achieved what I've done at different times in the market, but then I wouldn't have done what I've done. So you also need to understand some patience depending what the market's moving. Yeah. Whenever yeah. we want to jump in wealth, we do need the market to go with us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so there's times in the market where people, I'd say to people, just sit and just hold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess, um, you know, in terms of trends and things like that, we're seeing, and we were only speaking about it before, like a lot of movement, to, especially with COVID, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, the regional areas and things along those lines. Um, so what are you sort of picking, I guess, in terms of looking around? Where do you see are going to be growth regions in terms of development? And where is that potential going to be? Yeah. Look, I think if you look at Central Coast, you look at Newcastle, um, and then you, you pop up to Port Macquarie a little bit biased, then Coffs Harbour, and then Byron for different reasons. Obviously, Central Coast, it's nearly Sydney now, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, it's on yeah. the doorstep. Newcastle, same thing. It's got the infrastructure. It's got the employment. From Newcastle upwards, you've got some beautiful areas that will do well, but they don't have the same employment opportunities. As soon as you get up to both Port and Coffs Harbour, you've got universities or education. 
you've got uh, transport, so you've got wonderful hospitals. So there's a lot of infrastructure around those two areas and then anywhere around Byron from a lifestyle change and what yeah. we're seeing in the digital world, uh, it's crazy up there. So they, they're the areas that I'd be looking at. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think for a lot of people who invest in area and buy it, you know, you start looking at places like, um, you know, further from where we are here, but say towards Kalani Vale and then continued on, you're seeing a lot of the big blocks, a lot of people buying the houses, building the granny flats at the back, setting and forgetting with those. And you're seeing that st- like that type of development. But I think in complexes like where we are now, there's probably still plenty of opportunity here on the coast to be able to buy something you could build four or five properties on. Something that we see a lot, though, is people like where we are, he bought these to develop and sell, and then yep. some do the opposite, they develop and keep. What would your sort of thought process be on on how people could come up with what's best for them? Yeah, so I talk about development keep as being really safe. So when you're looking to develop, you've got purchase risk. Yeah. Then you've got building risk, and then you've got sales risk. So mm-hmm. if you build a keep, you're taking rid of sales. So yep. you're getting rid of one of the risks. Yep. The other thing is, is when you sell, you've got to pay GST. Unfortunately, you've got to pay yeah. us. Yeah. You've got to pay marketing. So there's a lot of fees and expenses you don't have to pay if you can afford to build and keep. Yeah. Um, once again, if you're looking for extreme wealth, then your money's not recycled. So you're not using that equity to keep building and building. So if mm-hmm. I look at, um, I was lucky enough to have a mentor that was worth you know considerable amount of money and he looked at his rate of return on his cash. Like I'm old school real estate. So you know I, buy, like I bought a property, you talk about lessons. Uh, it was in Coogee and I paid... $4 million for it and in a great time we got off at six. It was 500 metres from the beach. It was a backpacker so I was emotionally attached. Yeah. He would have sold it like that, all right? Yeah. I ended up selling it for five mil. So, yeah, sure, I made money but that emotional attachment has held, it's held, held me back yeah. where if you look at really astute investors, they're looking constantly about their rate of return and mm. they're not attached to, I own this amount of properties or I own that property or I like the look of it or I like the feel of it. Mm. And to them, it's all about a dollar. Yeah. I'm trying to be both because I, I, I do like the ethnic way of holding assets and I like to see yeah. it. It makes me feel good. Yeah. But then I look to also increase the rate of return on certain investments. Well, I think it's hard for a lot of people, and especially if you are owning it that sort of s- small time or just starting out and you've got a property that's getting a phenomenal return already. Well, maybe not phenomenal, but it's really positively geared it's getting a good return it's not costing you anything even if the market moves favorably i think that's a really hard call for people to make to look at and go should we sell that because mm-hmm. it, it all of the you know as you say the historic um i guess uh, da- uh, rhetoric around that is just hold 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 but as you say if you're trying to build that wealth in quite a quick space of time you need to be able to use those funds because you're not going to be able to hold multiple multiple properties unless you've already got extreme wealth right Mm. yeah Mm. and then there's two things on that if you do sell obviously you've got a tax implication Mm. but then the other model i love chris gray and and studied a lot of him and he's you know basically talked about sort of the same thing building up a base of amount of properties if you've got a two million dollar base and it goes up five percent a year it's a hundred thousand dollars you could pull half of that out fifty thousand dollars and keep doing it all tax-free unfortunately Mm. in this market the bank no matter how much equity you've got Mm. the bank will look at your servicing ability so they've affected that model Mm. yeah so for more like we've talked extreme wealth for the mum and dad investor i think the motto that i talk about now is and i think it's just the first one like you need to go out and get that first one and then that's the stop a lot of people i've got one investment but Mm. it's only a small amount of money to get them the next one Mm. Um, and then what i'm saying now is that let's say over a 10 year period you can afford to buy even 15-year period, seven properties. It's amazing how you can do that with compound growth and just doing it nice and slowly. And then what I'm saying now is on year, say you could do one every year to make it easy. So one every year for seven years. On the eighth year, you sell the first one and buy another one. 
Yeah, okay. Mm. And then you renovate on the eighth year. So that $500,000 property, you'd say in seven years has at least gone up $100,000. Mm-hmm. You would then renovate it to hopefully add at least $50,000 equity, one hundred and fifty. And then year, year nine, you're doing the same. And I believe you can make $150,000 a year every year by just following that. So that's what I talk about now. Is this going to be in your e-book? Did you tell me it's going to yeah, be in your e-book? Yeah, sure yeah. is, sure yeah, is. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. You have to flip me that. I'll definitely yeah. have to have a yeah. look at it. Well, obviously, while we're on that, I mean, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, what what sort of got you to the point? Because I know you're really passionate, Dave, and we talk all the time about it. Uh, you're the kind of guy that wants other people to build wealth. Like you are always, you know, your phone's always on, your door's always open for someone else to, any of your mates to ask you questions to sort of pick from your experience. So what sort of drove you to do that? Was it that passion for wanting to help some, help other people get to the same position? Yeah, like for lots of different reasons. One, I had the best and the worst mentors in the world and if they're listening, they'll like completely understand <laughs> what I mean. They hardly ever paid me. They say now, you would never be where you were if I did pay you. So now they still want a residual income. Um, but like I did it the hard way and like, you know, you get to a certain point where you're, you're mm. quite tired and I learned lots of different lessons and I made all of them, you know, bought off plan when I shouldn't have bought off plan. Uh, did builders with contracts and didn't do a proper QS, like heaps of different mistakes. So if I can have a purpose piece and look back, and I think when, you, when you've had a certain career, it is a time where you want to give back. You know, like you have great sports people, they do what they do, and then, you know, like look at Andrew Johns. Like he doesn't need to do it, but he loves going giving back. And I mm. feel the same thing. Like property is my purpose and passion, so to be able to give back. And hopefully people don't make the same mistakes that I do. But also like... You know, I joke about calling myself a battler. Like, I just made a decision, yeah? Like, it's mm. not that hard once you make a decision. So I want people to realise if once you make that decision, it's possible. Like, if I could do it, like, mm. anyone can do it. Mm. Yeah, can literally change your whole life just making a decision that you're going to go and buy that first investment, take that first step, meet with the broker. You know, the amount of times we've had conversations with people in this industry, and you, you guys can probably both relate, whether it be helping them sell a home or whether it be helping them buy a home or, or their investments, all those sorts of things. It comes from conversation and then actually actioning it and going out and saying, yep, I'm going to do it. Well, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I can't think of a vendor or a purchaser that's ever rung me and regretted their decision. Yeah. Like ever. Like it's, yeah. they don't mean, oh, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Like yeah. they're always comfortable once they're on that part of that journey. Yeah. yeah. The regrets you hear are the ones where you back out and you think everyone's got stories. We all have in real estate, like, you know, family as well, where you drive past and you go, I almost bought that. <laughs> I almost bought that. And then you're like, oh, geez, that's what it's worth now. I almost bought that too. Everyone's got regrets about that, but you rarely hear someone, you're right, say, I shouldn't have. Hindsight's a mm. wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Dave, thanks very much for joining us. I think uh, if you know nothing else, anyone who's sitting on the fence will be motivated to really look into this further and, and maybe you know follow the passion that they've got. Um, so I think if they want to learn a little bit more about that, they can check out your your ebook. So yep. it's David C. If they jump, yeah, davidcgray.com.au. Yeah. yeah, wealth and knowledge there. Thanks so much for joining thanks, us, Dave, Dave. Right. and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you.